As you give this morning, I'm going to ask you to get your uh, Bibles out, uh, grab your Bibles, and then uh, get your bulletins uh, ready as well. Uh, on the back, you can take notes. Also, um, in uh, there's a pen right in front of you, too. If you want to take notes, you can grab that pen. And uh, we're going to dive into God's Word. And it is so good to have Steve Sampson with us this morning. And the reason... It's so good is because he was supposed to be here last night, but it rained, and it rained, and it rained, and it was one of those things, like this was early in the morning, he was supposed to fly out and get here, so he was at the, the, the airport super early yesterday morning, and uh, so just every now and then, he's like, yeah, it's been delayed, it's been delayed. Kansas City to Chicago, that's about an hour flight, maybe less, so it, it's, it's a quick, quick flight, and so every hour, we're like, oh, it, it'll be okay, it'll be okay, it'll be okay, and then about... About 3.30, I'm like, yeah, this isn't going to be okay. Um, and so I'm like, okay, I'm going to go up to my office and see what the Lord says. And, <laughs> and um, so we had, uh, we had a great night last night. Um, and I'm really glad he's here this morning because there is nothing worse than getting up to preach and seeing a bunch of disappointed faces out there when they realize Steve didn't make it. But Steve did make it today. And I'm glad that you're here. And uh, I'm really glad that you're here, Steve, because I know... God got you here for a purpose and for a reason, because we almost gave up, and, and we, we were talking on the phone, let's try one more time, let's just wait one more time, and so he got in late last night, uh, I think they flew him all by himself on a plane up here, because uh, everybody else had given up, but uh, if you want to know a little more about Steve and his ministry, if, if you're here and you know him, then you know you're going to be blessed, but in case you don't know, inside of your um, bulletin in the Bible blog, I, I gave a little excerpt from Steve's book on hearing the voice of God. Because we believe it is so important to actually hear God's voice, to hear him speaking to us today. So many people go through life and they just make decisions based on, well, what's the next thing to do? Or, or what's, what, do you, what's the, what do we think the smartest thing to do is? And then we just make these decisions in our life without really asking God, without really, really hearing his voice. And I want to tell you, God wants to be active in your life, speaking to you, leading you, guiding you. Because God has a good word for you, and God has a good plan for you. And, and that's what I love about Steve, is that it's so fresh, and it's so real, and it's so right now. And I believe that God is going to speak as he preaches, and as he ministers prophetically today. I believe that uh, Steve is going to speak into your life. And so, it took him a long time to get here. It was hard on him. Can you feel, make him feel really welcome today as he comes up to open God's word with us? Just wonderful. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> no one take a picture right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, it's good to see everyone. Good to be here. The greatest compliment I think I ever got in my life was Daryl's mom said, uh, you're a part of this family. I'll never forget that. And that's why I always feel my, my attendance is not great, but I just, I'm a part of you. Hallelujah. 
Uh, yesterday, as Pastor said, I got to the airport at 10 o'clock, and I finally, the plane finally got off the ground at 8 o'clock. So I was in the airport 10 hours for this short, I could have ridden a bicycle quicker, I think, but, uh, <laughs> but anyway, I'd just about given up, and then uh, they said, no, we're going to, and like he said, the plane was practically empty. There was only like 20 of us because so many people gave up and so forth. But it was all about the control tower said they can't let anybody land because of the storm. So anyway, don't know. I think I'm developing a good allergy to airports. So, uh, so it's just great to be with you. And it's interesting. I saw this picture as, I, as we were worshiping that there was these invisible walls around the church like the enemy had established, but they're, they're coming down. And you're, you're getting ready to see an influx of new faces, new people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. So uh, you heard about the guy who's, he told his doctor, he said, my wife doesn't seem to be hearing real good in uh, so the doctor said, well, why don't you just test her and just stand like 40 feet away and say something. So, and then if she doesn't respond, then get a little closer. So anyway, he tried it and he said, honey, what's for dinner? No response. So he gets about 30 feet closer. What's for dinner? No response. 20 feet. What's for dinner? No response. And finally he gets right up behind her and he says, honey, what's for dinner? And she said, Jack, for the fifth time, we're having chicken. Uh, so <clears throat> sometimes it's sometimes it's always somebody else's fault, you know. Okay, as I said when I was here in March, um, early in 2017, the Lord spoke to me that 2017 would be a year of many breakthroughs and many answered prayers. There's still two and a half months left in 2017. I've had more prayers answered this year than I've ever had in my life, um, and I believe a lot of you could say the same thing. It corresponds with Israel. It's their year of Jubilee. It was in 1967, 50 years ago. I wasn't born yet, but it was, you know, their year of Jubilee. Just kidding. Um, and so I just encourage you, because I don't know why, but uh, anyway, it's a good thing. So my message this morning is acknowledging God, and tonight we will have a meeting where we're just going to flow in the prophetic and just encourage you to come. I always enjoy coming here because most of you are usually in a good mood and, and uh, so forth, but listen to this scripture, and it's good to see Yuki who drove from Malcolm, no, Macomb, Illinois, five hours every time, one of these hungry people for God, and also Steve and Kathy Barth that are, as long as I've known them, which is 30-some years they're always hungry, hungry, hungry for God. I think it's the greatest asset you can have is hunger because God responds to hunger. I want to read this, and we're going to talk about acknowledging God, but it says in Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and then there's a promise with this scripture, and he shall direct your paths. We all want direction. 
Notice what it does not say. It doesn't say trust in the Lord with all your brain. It says trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean to your brain. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. How many does it say in some of your ways, but in all of your ways acknowledge Him? And then it doesn't say acknowledge your problem. Isn't that interesting? He doesn't say in all your ways acknowledge your circumstance. In all your ways acknowledge Him. And then the promise with it. And He will direct your paths. This morning's message, I believe, is probably the most important message I've ever preached. It's so simple. It says it in Proverbs 3 in the message, trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do and everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. So I believe there's two ways to acknowledge God. And if you'll hear this, it'll change your life forever. Number one, when you're in trouble, acknowledge God. I believe if we don't, we don't want to acknowledge the circumstance, we don't want to acknowledge the problem, but we want to say, God, I'm in trouble right now, and I don't know what to do, but I acknowledge you. You are my source, and I'm looking to you. I'm acknowledging you. I believe many times, as soon as you say that, the Lord will set something in motion as an answer to prayer. He, he will, he will, he's begun to answer your prayer. Um, then, secondly, whenever God does something for you, acknowledge Him. Because I think a lot of things, a lot of prayers, a lot of things God does in our lives go unacknowledged. And so, my wife and I found out this, the more you acknowledge God, the more He does. And so, it's just such a simple truth but those two things, acknowledge him when you're in trouble. And I believe a lot of times in the next minutes, he'll give you a solution. He'll, he'll set things in motion and then acknowledge every time he answers a prayer. I don't care if it's a parking place. I don't care if some unusual thing, he led somebody across your path. But uh, we were restoring this condo thing we'd gotten. It was a mess. But anyway, we were getting it worked on and <clears throat> we pulled up in front of a I don't know, Lowe's or Home Depot, and we, we were having such a frustration with the paint, and finally we just uh, said, we sat out in the parking lot and agreed, God, you, we're going to acknowledge you. We need some help here. We walk in there, and the man, some man says, could I help you? Because usually you have to wait a week to get waited on. And uh, he said, may I help you? And he, we said, we need a paint color. We can't get a paint color. And he said, well, I'm not supposed to be here. I'm, I'm the I'm the head over all the Valspar paint in this half of the United States. I'm just here today. And he mixed us up a paint color, and it, I've never had so many compliments on a paint color in my life. But it was, we acknowledged God, and then God did it. Now, I want to tell you, most of us, God's working, but we call them coincidences, and we call them things just happening. So it's important to acknowledge. You know, in the Scripture, there was ignorance offerings. That, that, that there was literally bloodshed, sacrifices made for ignorance as offerings, just in case you, you committed a sin you weren't aware of, and just in case you had an offering, a sacrifice made for that. And I think in the same way, a lot of times what I do is I pray, don't just pray and thank God for the food or whatever, but thank God for the prayers he answered that I didn't even see. Thank God for the car accidents you prevented. Thank God for the issues that you stopped. 
Um, when I was 27, I adopted a three-year-old girl, and I raised her. She's in her 40s now, and uh, my, I just felt like I did a good thing. I raised her. She and I are very close, but I, I raised her. She wasn't my own biological child, but, but I raised her as my own. And my dad, good man, but he would never acknowledge it. But yet, my sister married a guy, and she had the same situation. She had a little boy, and he acknowledged all the time, isn't he a great guy? Isn't it great what, he, what he's done for your sister? And isn't it great how he's raising that kid? as his own? And I'm thinking, well, I did the same thing, but it was never acknowledged. And I tell you, I've learned when my wife cooks a meal, I acknowledge it. I don't care because, number one, I can't cook, but, but secondly... If I did, people might die of uh, food poisoning. But, um, but I think it's important to acknowledge God in every little thing. And so, I don't know about you grandparents, but have you ever, you ever sent out a little gift for somebody's graduation? You know, a little cash, a little check, give it to them. And it's amazing how you rarely get a thank you. You don't get an acknowledgement. I don't give anything to be, you know, I don't have to have something in return, but I love to have it acknowledged. And I think, how many things does God do for us that go unacknowledged? Remember when the disciples were, were worrying about, because they only had one loaf of bread, Jesus said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, and it says that they, uh, they said, well, we didn't bring enough bread, and Jesus said, uh, I beg your pardon, he said, the other day, when I fed 5,000 people with this much food you could hold in your hand, how many large baskets full of fragments did you have left over? And with tremendous intelligence, they said 12. And then he said, and then and a few days before that, when I fed the 4,000, uh, and many, how many baskets did you have left over? Seven. And he says, how is it that you don't remember? In other words, we have a tendency to just take God for granted. I, I hate to be taken for granted. I think it's important to, to acknowledge God in everything at all times and to acknowledge one another. You know, it's just a wonderful thing. Think about Nathaniel, how, you know, they brought, they brought Nathaniel to Jesus and Nathaniel hears about Jesus. We think we found the Messiah. And Nathaniel's comment was, can anything good come out of Chicago? And, and uh, but, but, but uh, he comes... To him, and Jesus said, you know, behold an Israelite in whom is no guile. I think I love it, the way God, what Jesus acknowledged him. You're a good man. You don't have a lot of bitterness in you. You're, you have no guile. And then Nathaniel says, how would you know me? Well, oh, it's no big deal. When you were under the fig tree, I saw you. And, and then, you must be the son of God. And then he said, you, don't be so amazed. You're going to see greater things than these. I, I, I just love that in John chapter 1 because... I think Nathaniel needed to be acknowledged. And we need to acknowledge one another, but we need to acknowledge God. Think of this scripture, and, it, and I'll make this real quick here, but it says about Jehoshaphat in 2 Chronicles 20. It said, Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria, and they are in Hazazan Tamar. And Jehoshaphat feared, and he set himself to seek the Lord, and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah, 
So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. And, and Jehoshaphat stood up. And the first thing he did, he reminded God for who he was. I'm making this real short. You can read it later. It said, Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem, and he said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might, so that no one is able to withstand you. So the first thing he did, he's in trouble. He's got three armies coming against him. But the first thing he said, I'm going to tell God how great he is. Second thing, and then he reminded God of what he'd done. He said, are you not our God who has driven out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel? Gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend, forever. And they dwell in it and build a sanctuary in your name, saying, if disaster comes upon us, sore judgment, pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this temple and in your presence and cry out to you in our affliction. And, and so then he reminded them of the injustice going on. He said, here they are rewarding us, sarcasm, by coming to throw us out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit it. And then the next thing, he declared and acknowledged God. He said, Lord, we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, for we do not know what to do. I love this, but our eyes are on you. I'm going to tell you, if you'll do these two things, your life will change forever. Every time you're in a bind, say, God, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. Let, trust in the Lord with all your brain? No, trust in the Lord with all your heart. We use our brains too much when we pray. Now all Judah with their little ones, their wives, their children stood before the Lord. The Spirit of God came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, and so forth. And he, and he speaks. He says, listen, all you of Judah, inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, King Jehoshaphat, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's tomorrow go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz. He said, you will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourself, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, and so forth. And so it says that the prophet spoke, Believe, hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe the Lord your God, and you will be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. When he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord, who should praise the beauty of his holiness. They went out, and they were singing, Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Can you imagine God doing that? Here you're in trouble. You're, you're coming against three armies. You are in a hopeless situation. And God says, send out singers. You know, your brain says they're going to be shot first, you know. And, and, and here they are. And they weren't singing a warfare song. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. And it said they turned on one another and destroyed one another. But the principle is he acknowledged God. And I want to tell you, this is the way the Holy Spirit works. If you acknowledge him and stop acknowledging your problem and, and begin to thank him. And every time he does something, because God keeps good records. Think about those lepers. Ten of them come back, or one comes back. Ten are healed. The filth and the disease just disappears off of them. And one comes back and says, thank you. What did Jesus say? Where are the other nine? Weren't there, other, weren't there nine? What happened to them? And I believe so much goes unacknowledged in our lives. And I personally, I'm making it a, a vow of my own. I'm going to acknowledge God every time he does something. And uh, in other words, you know what I've learned? God answers prayer. But I want to tell you something else. He keeps a record of every prayer he answers for you. 
He kept a record when he fed the multitude. Not only a record, he kept a record of how much was left over. He was keeping a record of how many lepers were healed. And I believe all over and over again, God's saying, I love to answer prayer, but you're, you're coming up short because you're not, you're not glorifying me. You're not acknowledging it. But I've learned. We were in Knoxville area last year, and my wife and I, we both love, and I know this isn't spiritual, but we both love caramel apples. And so we were driving through Knoxville on this trip, and I can't explain it, but the car just kind of went into a, a Russell Stover's place. And caramel apples are they're about five fifty or something, and we each bought one. And we were just saying, Lord, thank you for these caramel apples; they're so good. And so we we enjoyed them, and, uh, and plus they're good for you. And uh, a few months later, we're driving on a trip, and we're coming back toward the Kansas City area. And my wife says, you know, there's a Russell Stover's that is about a hundred miles out of Kansas City. I know the exit, so. Again, it's just hard to explain, but the car kind of went in there. I'm on the phone talking to a pastor from Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and we're in kind of this intense conversation, and she's, she said, I'm going to go on in. And I'm, on the, I'm sitting out in the car with this cell phone talking. A few minutes later, she comes out with these two cardboard boxes full of 18 caramel apples. 18, and I thought, have you lost your mind? And I get off the phone, I said, what in the world? And she said, well, I went in there, and the man comes up and says, may I help you? And she said, well, yeah, I'd like to buy a caramel apple. And he had this huge cart there, and he said, well, these are good. I was just getting ready to throw them away, because we have to throw them away every two days. And he said, they're perfectly good. And so he said, you want those? And she said, Sure, how many you want? I'll take them all. And she walks out, and she walks out with 18 caramel apples. And I mean, it was ridiculous. But if you don't think it's God, I challenge you to walk in a Russell Stover store and come out with 18 caramel apples. You, you try to do that again. But, it, but, but we acknowledge God in all these things. And the more we've been acknowledging God, the more crazy things He does. But He likes to be acknowledged, He likes to be appreciated. It was ridiculous. It took me almost an hour to eat all those, and, and it was like insane. But, the, but, the, but I, I had such a knowing. God got such a kick out of doing that for us. And God gets a kick out of moving in your life. But most of it, we ignore him, and we don't acknowledge him. But he is glorified when we acknowledge his hand and stuff. Hallelujah. I, I, I noticed one day my wife, she's an occupational therapist, and she goes into this nursing home one day, and there's this woman there. She's, she's real depressed. I mean, extremely depressed. And she's in severe amount of pain. And she's just going on and on, and how she's had some kind of stroke, and she's just, just depressed beyond measure. And my wife said, well, let, let, me, just, let me just pray with you. And they stood there, and they, she prayed over this lady a long time, probably 45 seconds or more. And... Uh, Left it at that. The next morning she comes back to the same nursing home. This same woman who is so depressed and such pain, she says, my pain is gone. I feel so good. I feel so good. And then she said, I don't understand what happened. This woman could not 
relate to the fact that it was prayer. And she literally couldn't get it. We prayed, and Lord did it. I just don't, she just kept saying, I just don't get what happened. I just don't get what happened. And I think God says, I beg your pardon. I did that. You asked me, and I did that. And I, I believe it's so important because I believe God wants to get more involved in our lives. He wants to manifest himself. He wants to do things. When I lived in Birmingham, this couple that were pastoring a church we attended, they were associate pastors. Good-sized church, probably 800 people. And the, pastor, the associate pastor and his wife had been married 16 years. No children. Praying about them, praying about them. So one day, there was this word from the Lord that they were going to have a child. Now, 16 years of marriage, medical science said they couldn't have it. We make the phone call, get the pastor on the phone, and said, God's given us a word for you. You and your wife are going to have a baby. And not only that, it's going to be a girl. Now, that was scary, you know, because you give something and you think, God, am I crazy? And I think I heard the guy drop the phone. But anyway, it, it's 16 years of marriage. A few months later, we hear she's pregnant. It seemed like nine months later, we hear they have this little girl with real fat legs, and she's beautiful. And some friends of ours went to this pastor, and he said, do you remember when you got the phone call that the Samsons had this prophetic word for you and that you were going to have a child? And the man said, I sure don't. I don't remember anything. And it just like cut into us. And I think the same thing happens in us. We pray about things and God answers and we give him no credit. There's no acknowledgement. And yet it's God who stops something bad from happening. It was God that gave you that idea. It was God that put that person across your path. It was God that supplied the caramel apples and whatever, whatever it is. But um, I think all of us need to make an answered prayer list. You get a notebook and write down every time God answers a prayer. I believe you're going to fill that notebook so fast you would be amazed. So the, we were fixing up this condo and... I've watched these people do these flips, you know, on TV, and it usually takes well, about 45 minutes. And uh, so two and a half years later, but we're getting this, one day we had this, uh, there's this big old piece of furniture that just fit perfect, but it was real heavy. And I had Melody go up and pick it up, and we have a Honda CRV. It just barely fit in there, about a half an inch side, on each side in this, these people at this furniture store helped her carry it out and get it in there. And I said, no, we're going to acknowledge God. And she called me and she said, I'm two miles away. I said, okay. And she comes up, she pulls in, and God is my witness. This guy comes out of the blue. He's working on a construction site or something. He made Pastor Darrell look like a runt, big old guy. And he, my wife backs up and I lift up the tail thing. And he walks up and he says, sir, did you need some help with that? And I said, I sure would. And he, because he, he, I was thinking, I hated to put it on Melody's back. And uh, the, the uh, but, but he, he walked up there and, and 
I said, this thing's pretty big. He says, he just got to get out of my way. And he pulled it back. He put it on a cart. And he takes it up on the elevator. He takes it up there. He, he grabs the thing. He sets it right in place. And he gets all done. He said, would there be anything else? And I say, no, I think, I think that's about it. You know, and, and it's like amazing. But I know God did it. I know God sent him. And if you don't think it is, just try and get duplicated that again. Because I've been in trouble many times and people walk by and they, they act like you don't exist, you know. So anyway, this wonderful Holy Spirit. We were on a trip to, through Georgia and we thought, we're going to stop. And we were on our way to preach somewhere and we had a, one night, so we stopped in Helen, Georgia. And we're going to do some hiking. We love to hike. And not that we need exercise, but... but we stopped there and we thought, all the way we're thinking, I've heard about Helen, Georgia, but where is there to go? Where is there to hike? Where is there to, you know, you don't know. And so we go into this little general store about 10 o'clock at night. It was getting ready to close. And this woman out of the blue, she walks up. She says, I want to tell you kids where to go hiking. And she described all the trails. She said, come out to my car. And she pulls a map out of her car. And now these are the best trails. And and just like out of the blue, it was no accident. God moved on her. And I believe it's because we've been living the life. God, we acknowledge you. And it's just amazing how many things God will do if we just say, Lord, we acknowledge you. Hallelujah. We have no problem acknowledging our frustration. We have no problem acknowledging in our issues. And by the way, a friend of mine in Greenville, he said, a guy came to him and said, nothing's going on in my life. My life is just like in a big rut. And he said, what do I do? And the pastor said, I got two words for you. Be thankful. And if you just be thankful and acknowledge God in our society, and I've noticed about Jezebels, control freaks, male or female, they're never thankful. This friend of mine, his partner, he, he's one of these controlling, controlling things. Well, he thought, I'll be real nice. And he, he brought her a dozen roses and set them on the table. He just told me this the other day. And a, a package she had ordered from Amazon had come. And so the, the dozen roses are sitting on the table and he's excited. He pulls the package from Amazon and sits it there. And she comes home And she picks up the package and she says, oh, great, I'm so glad this thing came. And then she walks away. And he said, you didn't notice the roses? Oh, yeah, they're pretty. And just goes away. That's that's a Jezebel. There's never any gratitude. And I want to tell you, and I'm not against, you know, I don't like terms like the liberals and the left, but just be careful. Because I've noticed people that complain the loudest, they're never thankful. And it's, it talks, and it's amazing how we can get in that way in life, and we can just refuse to be thankful. But I want to tell you, if you start being thankful, it'll open the door to a multitude of things God does. And to me, what's missing in our honor, in our society, is honor. We don't honor anybody anymore. We don't honor leaders. I know in Kansas City, Pastor John, he, always, he honors those men that paid the price. They're dead and they're in heaven now, but they paid the price they were pioneers, for what, and he always stops to honor them. And there's many people that need to be honored, not to mention just our parents. David said, 
The heavens declare the glory of God. My wife, she's, she's one of these nature nuts, but every night she'll say, oh, look at those clouds. Aren't those clouds beautiful? And a rainbow, she'll just go in a conniption. Oh, my God. That rain. You know, but, but it's like we go through life, we don't even notice things. And I always say, God, you did a great job. You know, it's funny about God. He gets blamed for everything, but he doesn't get credit for anything. People never give God credit, and then something bad happens. Why did God let this happen to me? And I said, well, it's kind of like the cross. Jesus kind of says, I paid a big price for you. I went through a lot of pain for you. I went through a lot of trouble for you. I went for agony for you, and you won't even take the time to acknowledge me. This scripture will change your life in all your ways. Acknowledge him. If nothing else, acknowledge that he forgave your sins. Acknowledge that he has leadership in your life. Acknowledge him in every way. It says in Romans 1 that for since the creation of the world, his, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by things that are made, even his eternal power in Godhead, so that they are without excuse because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful. It's kind of like the society we live in. There's a lack of gratitude. Hebrews 9 says, But the end of the second part, the high priest went alone once a year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the people's sins committed in ignorance. Isn't that amazing? I think it's ignorant when we don't give God the glory. A friend of mine said years ago, he says, he said to put it clearly, the Bible is your road map, but the Holy Spirit is your transportation. You wouldn't want to take a Rand McNally and set it on the highway and stand on it. But we don't need just a Bible. We need the Holy Spirit in our life. I thank God for the Holy Ghost because he gives us the word. I thought it was real good. Somebody said they, they, they had a gallon of paint, a brand new gallon of paint from a store. And that's like God does us. He comes to us during a meeting and he hands us a gallon of paint. But how many know it doesn't do any good to have a gallon of paint unless you apply it? And that's the way truth is. Truth comes to us, and God's very generous to us, but truth has to be applied. It can't stay in the can. Wow. So I was thinking about, I'll stop here, but I was thinking about Hannah. She was married to a guy named Elkanah. And he had two wives, and you're not supposed to try that now, but, but he said she was grieving because this Penina, the other wife, chided her. I have ten kids and you don't have any. And it provoked her. So she began to cry out to God. And she's in bitterness of soul. And her husband says to her, Elkanah says, Am I not better to you than ten sons? But it didn't help the grief. So one day she's in the church and she's praying. It says she's sitting there in prayer and it said, her lips moved 
but she couldn't say anything. She was in such desperation. Eli, the priest, comes in and says, woman, why are you drunk in church? <laughs> I always said spiritually, he couldn't track an elephant in four foot of snow, you know, but he just, just, just spiritually insensitive. And she said, no, sir, I'm not drunk. I'm, I'm drunk with desire. I've desired a child from the Lord. And I, I, I want a child so bad. And, and God put a word in that old carnal priest's mouth. And he said, okay, a year from now, you're going to have a child. She said, now don't lie to your servant. And she went away. And pretty soon she had this son. How many know Samuel? And she said, I'm going to give him to the Lord all the days of his life. In fact, after she put him in the temple, it said every year she made a little robe for him as he grew. That he belonged to the Lord. But you know what a lot of people don't notice? She says... She made a vow, Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant, remember me, not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, I'll give him to the Lord all the days of his life. Now here's what I love in chapter 1 Samuel 2, verse 21. Most people don't notice it, but it said, And the Lord visited Hannah, so that she conceived and bore three sons and two daughters. Now she prayed unselfishly. Then God gave her five more children, which to me shows God has a little bit of a cruel streak. But, but she, she was blessed with five more kids. You can read in, 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 in the book of Judges chapter 8, we all read about Gideon and what a, how God raised Gideon up to be a, a mighty man and a deliverer of Israel. But in Judges chapter 8, it said Gideon died. And it said they soon forgot him. And there was no honor given him. And they went back to worship their idols. And yet, what a man of God he was. But we have such a tendency to forget. If I'm not going to do another thing the rest of my life, I'm going to be thankful. I'm going to say, God, I acknowledge you when I'm in trouble in every chance. Even the littlest thing, I'm going to say, God, I acknowledge you put that person across my path. I acknowledge you provided this person to help me. I acknowledge you provided oh, more caramel apples than I could eat. And I see things really accelerating in your life. What's your first name? Rose. Rose. All morning, I just keep, I see the Lord just really speeding things up for you. And the Lord is just giving you a momentum, Rose, and answering a lot of questions. And he's going to simplify everything that concerns your life. And I see, I see like, um, like everything hitting a bullseye. Everything's on target, and God's going to orchestrate what concerns you, and these next years are going to be sweet, sweet, sweet. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So um, I just kind of burdened, too, for this, this dude here. Uh, your name is Bob. I knew it was a complicated name. And uh, Kathy. But I, I see your future's bright. I hear the Holy Spirit saying, you haven't seen anything yet. And, and God is, I just see God bringing such order in your life. And I see God taking you to a higher level, higher, higher realm. And there's prayers you guys have prayed. You've prayed together that God is going to cause things to fit. And God is going to cause there to be a, a, an enlargement of the sphere of influence. An enlargement of the abundance of fruit. And he's put a message in you guys that will, that will influence people. And it will, 
it's not, it's, a lot of times it's one-on-one, -on -one, but the Lord will anoint your words and there's an effectiveness that's off the charts. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So we, we serve this, this wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Holy Spirit. My sister, uh, she's 10 years older than me, so turning 50 shortly. But um, I'm such a liar, aren't I? But anyway, she had such severe back pain. I mean, the back pain was incredible. She lives in Houston, and she would call, and she said, I, and she'd tell us, I have seen five different doctors. Every doctor said, I, we don't know what to do. They examined her, prodded her, poked her, x-rayed her. And they said, we can't find anything wrong. She said, the pain is so severe, I just sit and cry. And we prayed every day for a year. And one day she calls, and she said, I woke up this morning. There's no more pain. Hallelujah. Not no, no more pain. And she hasn't had pain since. And I don't know why it took God a year. Sometimes he's busy with Iraq and all that stuff. But, but, but I don't know. I don't understand. But I know God wants us to press in and ask for more. And sometimes the most dangerous thing you can do is just kind of go aimlessly through life. And just say, well, you know, God's good. And, you know, and instead of reaching to God and saying, God, I'm acknowledging you. You're my healer. And, and you're, you're my source and be be aggressive and you know when Jesus cleaned the temple and he drove them out he wasn't just mad at, at, at the money changers I believe he was mad at the people that said you know I'm not going to prepare a sacrifice when I get there I'll just pay the priest something and I, I believe there was an anger there too he said because there's not a lot of passion in the church Zeal for my house is consuming. And sometimes we're just going through the motions and we lie to ourselves. Well, I went to church while I prayed. No, you're not living a life of acknowledging God. You're not living a life of acknowledging what he does. You're not living a life that he's my source. You're just kind of aimlessly going through. But I want to tell you, these are sweet words because it's changed my life forever. And I can't tell you. It's just almost every day God does something crazy, incredible. And I think, God, you're so good. And he hears me say it, and then he does something else. God, you're so good. You're so good. This morning I heard the Holy Spirit say that he's healing someone here today that you have intense hip pain. Hip pain. And the power of God is moving on you. The power of God is flowing right now. It may happen in the next 30 seconds. It may take all day. But God's healing your hip pain. And if you'll receive, if you'll acknowledge God and what he's doing, you're going to have a wonderful report. Wow. And then I heard this about, I, in fact, I saw, I saw it like an x-ray, like somebody's esophagus was just all messed up. And I, I don't know what's going on there, but it's like, it's really like a big inflammation there in your esophagus. And, and God is healing that today. Maybe you're having trouble swallowing. Maybe it's a, what do they call that, hiatal hernia, whatever it is. But anyway, the Holy Spirit is saying, I'm healing you. Thank you, Lord. I also heard this about breast cancer. That this, There's a woman here. You've been diagnosed with breast cancer. I feel like you've had some treatment with it. But I want to tell you, you're getting ready to get a wonderful medical report. It's whoever that is. There's somebody else here. And I don't know if both the husband and wife are here, but this, you... God is giving you the ability to conceive. 
And I just feel there's a couple of you have been praying and praying, and God's heard your prayer. Hallelujah. And the only request I have is that you name him Steve. But, uh, <laughs> but no, just kidding. Just kidding. But uh, the, uh, I also felt we're supposed to pray with somebody. It seems like it involves a brain tumor. Uh, I don't know if this is somebody in your family or you're sitting here, but it's something pretty serious. And I just feel we're supposed to pray about it. Does that, does, raise your hand if that pertains to you. There's somebody, sometimes it's somebody in your family. Where are you at? That's you? Your sister, okay. And, and your wife, okay. Now the fact the Holy Spirit is saying this, to me, he's saying, I'm committed to do it. So our part is to agree with him. Yes, in Jesus' name. What's her name? Diana. Lord, we just lay hold. We lay hold for Diana. We receive what you're saying, that you're healing this tumor. We curse it through your authority. And in Jesus' name, we command it to dry up and not return. And Lord, we're expecting good news wonderful news, mind-boggling news, and we're going to acknowledge you. You did it, you said it, and it's done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And your name is? Brent. Something fell through in your life, but I, I want to tell you, God's rebuilding everything, and it, it's, it's like he's restoring, not just about your wife, but some other things that went on. And he's putting your feet on good, solid ground. Hallelujah. And we're going to pray for your sister. What? Oh, it's the same person. Okay. I wonder if, I wonder if God knows that. But we just uh, thank you, Lord. Uh, we just thank you, Lord, for doing it. Hallelujah. And I want to tell you, Brent, God does not lie. The Holy Spirit does not lie. And he has heard your prayer. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Wow. Sweet Holy Spirit. And uh, the uh, other person I want to pray over, it's like something very, very strange is going on in your neck. And I want to just pray for your neck to be healed. I don't know if it's an unusual injury or something, but, uh, and then there's also a person, you do quite a bit of necking. Just kidding. Uh, but uh, the, the, who is that person? It's just, you really need healing in your neck. Yeah, would you, would you run up here and say, let me pray with you? Anyone else besides our sister? And, and was there anyone else that had a brain, a brain tumor situation? Because God is more than willing. Did you have a neck injury? So your name is? Mia. Mia. Lord, we agree with the Holy Ghost that you're healing Mia today. That, Lord, you're, she's going to have to find something else to complain about mm. because you're taking care of this. In the name of Jesus, we pray. We agree with the Holy Ghost. We agree with the Holy Ghost. And I hear this, that you're, you're getting out of the wilderness because there's been a lot of, it's like a lot of quagmire mm -hmm. in your life. Mm -hmm. And God's settling things in you. And I want to tell you, you're going to be able to say, oh, what a beautiful morning. Mm -hmm. What a beautiful day. I got a wonderful feeling because everything's going my way. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah.
Boy, I feel good. I just feel like this is one of many things God's doing for you. So thank God. Would you sing with this with me? Somebody texted me this this morning out of the blue. It just goes along. Sing it with me. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him, all you, you heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. I'm challenging to live acknowledging God, I'm challenging you to start thanking him for everything. What about my, I don't have anything. Thank God you're breathing. Sweet Holy Spirit, I thank you for Yuki today. I thank you, Lord, for the direction you're putting on her life. I see like God giving you such a roadmap and such a detailed plan and I, I hear that about grieve no longer, grieve no longer, grieve no longer because God has heard your prayer and I, I just feel the wind of the Spirit just blowing. You're going to live without concern. You're going to live without fear. You're going to live without any feeling of loss because God is building you up. I see you like a exercise in those muscles. And you are getting ready to step into the best season of your life. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God. Are you guys in ministry? Are you guys in ministry? Yes. What's your first name again? Ted. Ted and? Tess. Tess. Today, Lord, we thank you for Ted and Tess. We thank you, Lord, for the call they have. And, Lord, the, the willingness that's in their heart. Lord, we just thank you to move, move, move. You know... There, resources gravitate to vision. There's a wonderful vision in you. And God's going to provide everything you need. All the resources you need. You will not have to struggle about resources because God is with you. And, and not only that, God is going to show you that scripture in, in detail. Now unto him who's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond all that we ask or think. God's going to multiply himself, himself through you. There's going to be more happen in a few short years than you ever dream could happen. So thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Praise God. Praise God. I'll tell you what a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful God we serve. And the, uh, you're going to get more. I can't remember your first name. It's Dan. Dan. I know a lot of you don't like him here, but, but Lord, we thank you. We thank you for Dan. And I just see more results. More results. I feel like quality. It's like God's going to give you fruit, but it's quality fruit. God's going to bless what you put your hand to. And he's let you walk through some... It just I see you walking through these thistles and you know how you walk through a patch of weed and grass and you're but there's going to be reward and 
You're not to worry about the gainsayer. Don't listen to critical stuff, but know that God is honoring that uh, effort and that willingness he's put in you. So thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. We've got to get out of here. We've got three minutes, but I want to pray for Paul and Annie here this morning, and I thank you, Lord, for them. Lord, I thank you for the hunger you've put in their heart. I thank you, Lord, for fulfilling even their deepest desires. And I just see this new level of leadership in you from the, the Lord's leadership in your lives. And it's like I see the Lord using you so strategically, but I see you like firemen putting out fires. You're, you're being used in God's hands to stop the enemy. And I, I, I sense God giving you such new favor that you're going to be able to speak into lives and influence people. But just as those firefighters were so important in California to get the fires out, that's the way you're going to be. You have a significant, valid call in the body of Christ. And God, you're going to see God entrusting more and more to you. You're going to see God giving you tools and weapons to, to deal with things. And instead of things taking forever to happen, they're going to start happening quickly. And I just see so many people being influenced and helped because what God has put in you and that which you, the, the, whoever was in your life like a pastor or somebody there that was so, that same anointing is going to function in you. That same anointing is going to function, flow through you. So nothing's been in vain. <laughs> You're getting ready to enter uncharted waters, but they're good. And God's there to direct himself, direct you by his own, his own mind, his own thoughts. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Before we get out of here this morning, let's just pray for people that are in pain. Man, do I feel this. And then we got it. we're going to dismiss. We're going to have a meeting tonight at 6 o'clock, and we're just going to let the Holy Ghost do what he wants to do. Uh, I want everyone who you're in a lot of physical pain, you'll stand up right where you are. Just stand up. You're in a lot of physical pain. Don't be shy. This is a real good time to just jump in. Now, God's going to do this. Man, I feel it. Lord, we acknowledge you. We acknowledge you. Now, would the rest of us stand and go over to one of those people and put your hands on them because God's going to take care of this. Holy Spirit, we thank you. We acknowledge you. We acknowledge your power. We acknowledge your wisdom. We acknowledge your willingness to heal. We, through your authority, we command every pain to go. Lord, we declare creation of bad joints healed and back trouble healed and knee trouble healed and hip trouble healed and anyone who's experiencing pain in their body, we, through the authority of Jesus Christ, we command it to go. We command it to go. We command it to go. 
We thank you, Lord. I believe there's going to just be so many reports. Hallelujah. Because of, of just the willingness of God to do it. Would you say it with me? In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will direct your path. He'll guide your steps. He'll show himself strong. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen, amen. Thank you, Steve, for...